Hey everybody, this is Matthew Soltisiak and you're listening to Not The Same Old Lions Podcast. Using my sports casting background, I speak with a variety of guests and interview key players to gain more insight on what makes this team go. As the Detroit Lions enter a new gritty era, we'll look beyond just the kneecaps when it comes to the analysis. Welcome to another episode. In today's episode, we're going to respond to the news about the Detroit Lions players gambling, suspended, and released, as well as discuss the fallout of it and how this could impact the Detroit Lions draft plans. I'm joined today by Chris Haynes, a friend of the podcast. In addition to being an avid Detroit Lions fan and University of Michigan football fan, he also dives extensively into fantasy football. Thanks for joining the show today, Chris. Thanks, Matt. Glad to be here. Of course, the news that just came out is that four Detroit Lions players have been suspended, two of them for a year. Those players are Quintess Cephas and C.J. Moore. They had bet on NFL games, which is what Calvin Ridley did last year. In addition to being suspended, though, they have been released by the Detroit Lions. Stanley Berryhill, a wide receiver, gets a six-game suspension. And the biggest name of all, Jamison Williams, is also suspended for six games due to gambling. Both players gambled not on an NFL game, but placed bets from an NFL facility. So what does all of this mean? Well, Chris, let's start with you. What are your big takeaways and how this just affects the team overall? Well, I, you know, first off, it's, it's, it's kind of a shame. You know, we had so much expectations for Jamison coming into this year and that he's going to take a step forward in the offense and that we're actually going to see him on the field be, be lightning quick. Um, so that right there in itself is, is kind of a huge disappointment. But, you know, looking forward, now our draft plan has got to change a little bit and, and we're going to be missing him for six games. Um, glad that we re-signed Marvin Jones so that way we can at least have some stability come back you know someone that knows the system that's big it's not going to take you know you know six weeks for him to figure out the playbook or or whatnot he knows the playbook definitely going to change our draft plans though going forward so I know Jamison Williams is the big name here and he's getting all the headlines but he's not the only one impacting the team This, this is bigger than that I'm I'm not so concerned about the Stanley Berry Hill factor, you know, but the two guys that are gone, Quintez Cephas and CJ Moore, those are bigger losses. And I think a lot of people realize, like, let's just start with CJ Moore on the defense and special teams. He's a special team star, mm-hmm. added some depth on defense. I mean, we're talking about Mr. Punt fake himself, right? That's it was, right. That's right. I think it was like a 42 yard punt fake against Minnesota. Uh-huh. They were inside their own 30 yard line when they went and did that. And that was game changing. I mean, mm-hmm. those are big plays we're talking about. And the Lions, they believed in him so much. They had just signed him to a two-year, $4.5 million contract. So that tells you how much they valued him. I think losing him is going to hurt our special teams a lot. And that's an area the Lions have been excelling on recently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that fake punt was was definitely a, um, a ballsy call, if you will, for, for, for you know, DMC to, to, to wind up calling. But um you know, I think I think on special teams, though, if we got a good coach, you can you can find guys like that that can kind of fill in and 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 be that type of player that you need. So now let's turn to the wide receivers, because technically there were three of them involved in this situation. And again, not so concerned about the Barry Hill factor, but and most people are talking about Jamison Williams. But I think the sneaky hurt here, if you will, is Quintess Cephas. Yeah, he was supposed to be like a number five guy or so on the depth chart. But correct me if I'm wrong, we all thought this guy had a lot of potential that hadn't yet been realized due to injuries. So we kind of had a good feeling about having him deep down there for some depth. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember Akuda saying, you know, Cephas was the hardest guy to cover in college. And that that has a lot to say coming from Ohio State quarterback. Um, 
you know, we haven't really seen what Cephas can do yet. Um, I think what this what this all is going to mean is that we're going to have Tom Kennedy a little bit more on the field, which I'm I'm okay with. I I liked what I saw with Tom Kennedy. He's a baller. He he likes to come out. He plays hard, and and uh, you know, he's a preseason hero. So. Yeah, and you know this also could mean it's we might look for another player in free agency as well. But uh, before we get to that, let's turn our attention to the draft. Does this affect what the Lions are going to do in the draft? I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to say no. It's kind of a weird answer. I think there's a couple parts to this. Right now, a lot of people are saying the Lions need to draft a wide receiver early, and I'm not going to agree with that one. I, I do think that they will draft someone. They will draft a wide receiver. I think that was part of their plan all along, though. But I think they're going to be targeting someone later in the draft, like the second half of the draft. But do you think, is there any chance the Lions take a wide receiver earlier? I think maybe if the right person falls to them and it's a great value, but not necessarily. What's your outlook on this? Yeah, I, I mean, going with Brad Holmes with what he's been doing lately is that he's got the person's got to be a culture fit. Um, he's not going to just draft anyone just to draft anybody. Uh, they're going to fill their needs first and then fill with culture if they if they have to. You know, layer layer has you know second half of the draft. I can see him drafting a wide receiver, but. That that's going to be depth, and that's probably going to be somebody that's going to be a special teams guy anyway. So, you know, that's going to fill both um, our wide receiver need and then replace more on our uh, on our special teams. So, the one area where I do think we could see an increased chance of a change is that maybe the Lions would take somebody else on offense, like maybe at running back or tight end, a little bit earlier than expected because they want to add another playmaker to the offense. Now, I was already expecting the Lions to draft each of these positions. I'm just not sure when. I was thinking maybe some of them could be later than earlier, but maybe this means they take someone earlier to have more of that impact. Yeah, sure. I, you know, we've talked off off air before, Matt, about you know tight end and how I'm not, I'm not sold on drafting a tight end early because we saw last year Jared Goff thrive without T.J. Hawkinson there. That's when our offense really opened up and our wide receivers actually started catching the ball. And actually, that's when the dump offs to Swift started happening even more too. So we still have Swift. You know, we we signed Montgomery, who's a better pass catcher. I'm not absolutely sure we need to get a tight end at this point because where are those targets going to go? We got Amon Ron St. Brown that's going to demand over 100 tar- targets. We got Marvin Jones who's going to come in and, and probably catch anywhere from 30 to 50 balls. We still have Josh Reynolds and we still have Khalif Raymond. So there's still a lot of targets um, based off of those four receivers there and Swift and Montgomery. Yeah, that's a great point. We still do have a lot of talent. We just want to make sure. I think one of the big things we were worried about and I've been harping on is we didn't want the team to take a step backwards and throughout the offseason we've avoided that when Jamal Williams left we got David Montgomery when DJ Shark left we got Marvin Jones so we did things to avoid steps backwards this is an obvious step backwards it happens now how do we how do we react to that how do the Lions recover from that and so we're going to get into much more specifics in the next episode when we do our official draft preview but one last thing we wanted to touch on today is something else that's getting a lot of people talking right now and that is the explosion of legalized gambling on sports it affects a lot of people out there as it's grown so much in our culture and we're not just talking to athletes but employees and fans in general and so I've heard at the NFL level, players and staffers are all given a seminar on the rules about what gambling looks like, what they're allowed to do, what they're not allowed to do. They make it clear. So there is that. But it has changed so much in such a short amount of time. What are your some of reactions to some of this that's going on, Chris? You know, my my first initial reaction is, is, um, you know, 
I can't watch an NFL game without it being brought to you by FanDuel or brought to you by by DraftKings, and and we're going to start suspending players for betting on other sports other than than the NFL. Other thing, other thing is you know fantasy football. You know, I'm a big fantasy football guy, and and there's there's a lot of NFL players that are obviously playing fantasy football themselves. You know, I'm guessing they're not playing in a just for fun league or a free league. So they're, they're gambling on themselves already. You know, I know Austin Eckler's a huge fantasy football fan that shows up at fantasy football conferences and, and shows up on podcasts and, and talks fantasy football all the time. So I guess where is this, where's this line going to be drawn with the NFL? You can't, um, suspend somebody for one thing and then not suspend them for, for something else. So it'd be interesting going forward with fantasy football going, you know, it's just increasing with, with the youth and is increasing with the NFL players now, and they're actually getting to be more receptive to, to people playing and it's growing uh, the NFL fan base. So I guess where, where's this all going to stop? Well, that's a great point, you know, because there is money involved when you are playing fantasy football. So in a way you are betting on it. It's an indirect thing. It's not betting on the outcome of one game, but the stats from a player do determine whether you win your week. And so that, that's a very great point to bring up. Another example I have is I read an article from a publication here in Michigan. And after they got done telling me all about Jamison Williams and all the players that had been suspended, the writer went on to said, you know, if you think this might be affecting the upcoming draft and you want to add some excitement, you can place a bet on it. And the very same article they talked about a player being suspended for gambling, gambling was promoted. And, and you know those ads they sometimes put mm-hmm. right in there as you're scrolling through? Well, there was a small ad and it was for FanDuel. So there's little doubt that gambling in the NFL has grown. And since it's been legalized, the NFL has embraced it. The question is, how well can they regulate it? And I think that's the area that we all need to wonder about. Sure. Yeah. So only time will tell where all of this goes. I hope the NFL and the other entities will get this figured out. Chris, thanks for joining the podcast today. It's great to have you on here. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Matt. And thank you so much for tuning in, folks. Please subscribe to Not the Same Old Lions podcast to get alerts about new episodes. Also, follow the show on Twitter at Matt Soltesiak. You can also find the show on YouTube. And until next time, stay gritty, my friends. 